honestly though, you have played the game for a long time. Don't you have anything else to do with your time? Gaming Blues Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Gaming Blues Podcast, the show with two polar opposite gamers discussing the hottest video game news and other things, and bicker about topics I come up with during my commute. My name is Andy, and this time, it's another solo podcast, because we are currently upgrading, or at least Darren is, and he has finished upgrading his mic setup, so we're also trying to plan the podcast a bit more so we don't interrupt each other or uh, have incoherent thoughts here and there during our podcast. So starting August, we hope to up our game a bit and deliver a better podcast. So for the time being, this episode will be another solo by me. And this solo experience is available on major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, and whenever they approve us, Stitcher. Maybe they did. I don't know. So a lot has happened in the past week or so. Not much video game news, but the one thing that has affected me the most personally has to be on July 18th, the arson incident that happened at the Kyoto Animation Studio that very tragically has killed 34 staff members of the company and uh, destroying, according to the reports, an entire floor where they kept all their archives or previous shows and existing shows, which is tragic because for one thing, you know, so many people died and they're all young people too. I mean, it doesn't matter what age, but it has. it's recorded that this has been, or it is the biggest, um, you know, incident that recorded so many deaths in Japan. And it affected a lot of people, obviously. Um, I mean, obviously, everyone's still mourning, mourning about the incident. It only, only has been a week. Um, donations are open, <clears throat> which is good because there are room, um, people are donating to things that might not actually reach any, but, uh, luckily Kyo Animation has <clears throat> opened up their own donation thing. So the donation drive held by Sentai Filmworks, which has collected over $2.5 million now, can actually go to the respective victims of the incident. Hmm. So for this podcast, it's mostly going to be, you know, just conveying my thoughts over the whole incident, incident and also kind of share what Kill Any Works means for me in terms of um, growing up over the years. Um, yeah, so this podcast is basically, uh, basically going to be me talking about anime. So, you know, if you're one of those people that um, I'm not <clears throat> not really into anime or um, not really, you know, follow the scene or anything like that, then you're more than welcome to tune out. But if you want to learn more and kind of join me on my nostalgia trip, then thank you for doing so. Mm. So Kyoto Animation <clears throat> is known for a lot of things, but in 
my opinion is that they are known for creating um, works that are visually very pretty. If you look at their earlier works, even with Clanad, at the time, the visuals are on a different level compared to other works. They were extremely detailed, extremely pretty. And because of that, a lot of memes going around that Kyoto animation is just really pretty and not much substance. I mean, people can have opinions, but they do agree that Kyoto animation works. Anything they create over the last few years has been very, very beautiful. So much so that they, some people always look forward to what they were going to make next. In terms of the visual quality, they up they were up there with PA Works, who are also known for creating very pretty female characters and other male characters. As a studio <clears throat> whose works, if anything, will be very pretty and sometimes have very good story. At the same time, they do suffer. They did suffer from one of those problems where. A lot of the characters across different series ended up looking almost the same. So example would be there's always going to be a long, a black haired girl, maybe with bangs or glasses, and you would find them at least one across several shows. And I mean, I, I find per nothing. I don't find anything wrong with that. But so it was kind of interesting to point out that if you make something too pretty or something like that, you're bound to have some similarities across uh, across different shows. <clears throat> I can't talk, fuck. Um, so initially when I heard the news, they did not announce any of the victim numbers. They just said, oh, there's an arson. There's a, the Kyoto Animation Studios on fire. That was the initial report. Of course, this was happening in... in um, Japan time. So when I woke up in Pacific Standard Time, it was almost over. So I'm waking up to all these news reported by people on Twitter that's in Japan about the incident. And I hope that, like, it was hopefully just ended up with just a building burning and no victims. But, you know, as the story continued, that you hear all these stories about, like, what has happened. The victim numbers kept increasing. At first, it was like, oh, it's 34 injured. And then the death count started rolling up. And some people were tweeting that one of the main directors was among the... <coughs> yeah, was among like the victims, which, you know, there's a whole debate about like, no, the names haven't re released, so you shouldn't really say anything like that. But at this point in time, I think... Uh, the police has stopped on their investigation and, and they identified all 34 victims. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure what's the fate of that specific director, but uh, needless to say, losing 34 staff and their prop, very talented workers is going to leave a big hole in Kyoto Animation. And... I I didn't I didn't know what to feel. Like personally growing up, I 
look, I saw a picture on Twitter that showed all the works that Kyoto Animation worked on, and it's in a four by four grid, which is not including all the films they worked on. So it's basically it's displaying like the major franchises they made. So of the sixteen, I watched fourteen of them. So fourteen different series I watched by Kyoto Animation. And looking at it, they are, if not some of my favorite shows growing up. Um, I started watching anime back in, I would say, middle school. And looking at it now, a, a lot of Kyoto Animation works has been part of me growing up. And hearing that the studio that has basically been my childhood or creating works that were part of my childhood is like something like this happened to them it was extremely saddening for me um you know every time i get sad about things like this i keep reminding of that other twitter thing that happened where a man was reacting to the new star wars trailer and he was in tears because you know it's something that he's so passionate about and he's ecstatic that the things he saw on screen was actually happening and like coming to like this holiday season but people thought you know a grown man crying over a movie was and a star wars was you know not as like fondly looked upon like some people bashing him some people hating on him i saw some female like twitter uh, girl what do you call those a couple of like women on twitter saying like like this is a type of man you should not date. Like oh, if you cry over Star Wars, women, ladies, you should not date him. Which was very annoying to see, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, hearing about it was extreme, like super depressing. I ended up. Well, and I, I, I heard about the news on my way to work. So when I was at work, I just listened to all like the different openings. From um, any shows like the entire day, and like nowadays, I don't watch as mu much as often as I used to, but I still keep up with like what's releasing from Kyoani and not any like major studios. So hearing that, you know, they will they, like they're they're obviously gonna come back, like they're gonna come back from this, obviously. But it it's not going to be the same. Like obviously different teams in the company work on different projects. But the fact that you lost so many of those talented people. And, you know, like expect people to go back to work. It's not it's not going to be easy. Like some people in a company mourn over one person's death for quite some time, but Imagine like going into an office and it's basically just going to be empty and you have to deal with that and just, you know, continue on with your job. That's like that's super affecting your mentality. Like I, I, I wouldn't, I, it's so hard to like say like the right words in this situation because I, I, I don't know anymore. All I can say is like I hope the victims' families get their like get the proper 
um, ways of, oh my God, I can't even talk. I guess the proper like things they deserve to order to, you know, bury uh, their family members and give them a proper funeral and all that. And I hope Kyoto Animation can, you know, get in, hopefully get the funds from the donation are enough to get them back on track. Uh, yeah, it, like, I thought I'd be okay talking about this after a week or so because, you know, time heals all wounds, but actually thinking about it, it's, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to talk about it. Like, if it was any other studio, like, I don't, I, no, I'm not saying I don't want this on, uh, this tragedy onto other people, but if it was some other studio, I don't think I would have been this affected. I mean, I still be very sad by, you know, those who passed away. But the list, all the shows that I, the kill any made, especially like some of the ones I'll be talking about, like they're really a big part of my life. Um, one thing I noticed was. Kyoani is big in terms of if you if you're within or following all the seasonal shows, then you know who the, like the major players are. And Kyoto Animation is obviously one of them. Uh, but hearing some of the North American media outlets talk about Kyoani, kind of remind me that they aren't as international internationally known as I thought they were, for obvious reasons. I'll, because um, obviously anime is big across the world, but usually it's the mainstream anime that are more widely known. And I guess you can say that KyoAni kind of is like a niche, as a niche following in like outside of Japan because of one reason that I can think of. Majority of Kill Any works is the genre is slice of life, meaning they are depicting more real life situations. I will bet they have worked on fantasy fantasy topics before with some of their series, but I can on um say eighty percent of their works is more reflective on real life characters and just straight up. Events that might be that might actually happen in real life. If you look at the popular ones that are mainstream, like Attack on Titans, One Punch Man, uh, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, uh, Sword Art Online, they are mostly depicting scenarios and characters and story that are more not like surreal or fantasy, like. Attack on Titans, like there's, it's about humanity trying to survive against titans, like giant walking monsters. I mean, that's not real life. People are drawn more to action-oriented animes because they're more, dare I say, hype-generating compared to a show about four girls trying to make it out as a light rock band in their school. And showing off their daily lives. 
obviously the action-oriented genre is going to draw more people in. But at the same time, I kind of thought that given Kyo and his pedigree, they would have a more presence in the international scene. But um, I actually read one of the, I think it was a BBC report that says like the Kyoto Animation Studio wasn't as big compared to other studios. <clears throat> and I was also talking to a coworker and said, and like he actually didn't know what Kyoani made. And he, he said like, if it was Ghibli, then he could have related more to the incident outside of the obvious sadness of hearing um, 34 victims in an arson incident. I also read on Twitter that some people didn't really care because, or they're not, they, they did care, but they're asking like, you know, what show did Kyoani make? I think it is more of a recent generation kind of thing because if you didn't follow Kyoani back in, let's see, Kyoani first came out, I guess you can say, I can say like, if you didn't follow like the original Haruhi when it like aired, and if you followed Kyoani onwards from when they did, let's say Free or Violet Evergarden, then you might have a different opinion about <clears throat> like Kyoani's works. <clears throat> God, I'm coughing a lot. Fuck it, I edit all those out. At least they're red. Um, as a f personally, I'm a big fan of the slice of life genre. I wasn't at first. I'm growing up actually. Like the first anime I watched in Korea was Pokemon and Digimon. They're one of like the first animes that that were imported per se, and actually broadcasted on live television along with you know Sailor Moon and all that fun stuff. So that was my first exposure to anime. And then when I moved to Canada, I learned the brilliant website that is YouTube and found out that people actually upload anime episodes to it. And that's how I found about Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. And when I actually saw Bleach for the first time, I literally watched every single episode available at the time. And then always checking periodically uh, to see if new episodes were up. I mean, that's my that was my first exposure. And at the time, A, I was poor or I was like in middle school. And B, streaming services weren't as available at the time. Luckily, they did air Naruto and Bleach at least on... Oh, I don't know if Canadian listeners remember, like YTV... Every Friday evenings, they would air anime through a specific um, time block. <clears throat> and that's where you saw Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, Saint Seiya, uh, Witch Hunter Robin, That Spell, and all that fun stuff. So that was my exposure to anime. And at the time, there, was, there wasn't really um, available sources to buy these either. So it was kind of hard to keep up. So I ended up resorting to going to streaming sites. <clears throat> And that's where I got exposed to more anime outside of the big three. And again, I started out with the action genre because that was the more appealing watch. I mean, face it, like ninjas, samurais, um, pirates. Like that was like the big reasons to watch anime back in the day. And Dragon Ball Z. Oh my God, there was a lot. 
I remember watching Dragon Ball Z on YTV, and then at 9 p.m., they would show Gundam Wing, like with English dubbing, and that would be almost my everyday. Just watch Dragon Ball Z, and then watch Gundam Wing in the evenings. And that's I actually watched the entire Frieza saga, Cell saga, and Majin Buu saga that way on television. And then I, f- I browse through the, like the streaming sites. And I think at the time, K on was actually a weekly show that was airing. So that was my first exposure to a KyoAni show. Now it's not a chrono- chronological order, but yes, K on was indeed my very first one. And since I can't talk about every single show there are, I'll just talk. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I'll talk about like five shows that really affected me, and the last one being, or these are like my recommendation if you actually want to go check out a Kyoani show. I, some of them are more widely known. Um, I'm obviously going to be omitting some other ones due to time constraints, but if you're remotely interested in in Kyoani's works after hearing about the incident, you should definitely check these out. So Kion is about a show where four girls, I think in middle school or high school, in a rock band club. And it's literally they are not they're not even like working toward a shonen type goal where like they need to like defeat an enemy, like boss or like only to win some competition. They're literally just trying to make it out as a club depicting their daily lives and occasionally performing at concerts and recording new members. It's literally something you would actually experience in real life. And that was the big appeal of it. It's It was very relatable. And growing up, I was thinking like, wow, like that could be something I, I could be doing in real life. We're not that, not in that exact circumstance, but I liked how relatable it was and also exposed me to how really good anime opening and endings were because half the time as people do now they just like skipped any openings and endings but Kaon's openings and endings actually could pass off as actual like like band music like they were but at the time, if you like tell anybody, oh, like this anime show's opening is like so good, it was laugh at you. Because at the time, for me at least, the concept wasn't as you no know, commonplace. People think anime is like, oh, you're watching those like Japanese animes again. Like, oh, it's, it's Dragon Ball Z. It also didn't help that the like, Canadian openings of shows were meme worthy at best, where Dragon Ball Z openings is literally a guy just repeating Dragon Ball Z over and over to the beat. And the infamous Saint Seiya opening in Canada where it was just a cover of um, I just ran by Bowling for co- uh, Bowling for Soup. Or I don't know what the show I don't know what the song is, but like anime anime openings wasn't <clears throat> seen as actual you know music you would actually listen to or even like considered like a full music, you know. I mean, it's probably different in Japan because actually get live, actually get artists to create openings 
or use songs from the albums as the openings for the show. Um, but yeah, K-On! was the first exposure where the openings were really good. Actually, considered one of my fa- one of my favorite songs and albums to listen to even till now. And it's probably been a decade since the show came out. And as many um, anime shows do, they actually want to pique my interest in learning different band instruments. Uh, guitar, bass, piano, drums. I think that was the first time I was actually interested in wanting to play guitar and actually <clears throat> actually download like the guitar tabs and try to learn songs here and there. And I actually wanted like the main characters like guitar, uh, Defender Cherry, which is every time I see it in the store, I was like, oh, I want that specific guitar because like that main character uh, played it. Um, Yui is her name. I just couldn't remember. It's been it's been a while. Kaon came out like when I was in freaking middle school, and like I'm in like almost reaching my thirties. Surprised I even remember that show. So lighthearted everyday scenario. <clears throat> great music, great fun characters. Now it has a bit one of those like weird things where it's about underage girls. So if you show it to any some people, they might be kind of turned off. Like, why are you watching this? But if you can look over that, then Kaon is one of like the great classics, like the four girls: Mio, Mugi, um, Yui. I remember the drummer. I'm sorry, but they have their own each and like distinct personalities and the things they go through. <clears throat> Would have you convinced that that's what normal Japanese high school girls go through? Which is not necessarily true, but it did give like an idea of like, okay, so this is what club life is like. That's what I do after school, that kind of stuff. It's like pseudo educational, but not in like intentional. I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, the show was really popular. It gave headway to a second season, a movie, a spinoff where they go to London. I think I think that's the movie, and they're talking about. A new season back in the day where it will depict their college life, but that never took off. I think, and they just moved on. But being one of the first slice of life shows I watched from Kyoani, and being the catalyst that opened up to the next series, I will talk about. <clears throat> I'm actually glad that I actually stumbled on upon it and actually. You know, decided to check it out and not just a brush it aside as another. Oh, it's just a pretty girls and people will think you're a gross otaku if you look at this show kind of thing. So that's Kaon. If you like music, or especially rock music, then this is a great recommendation. Now, then I checked out a show called Clanad. I still can't. Properly pronounced this show. It's C L A N N A D, Clan Nad. So that's that. So Clan Nad is one of those shows where they depict five different girls, where the main character interacts with them and they get their own side story. So each episode is. Featuring a new character, and they 
bring it all back together to the main protagonist, like the canon story, and that ended there. Clannad is based on a visual novel of the same name, and and it's one of. If you talk about visual novels, it's one of the most popular ones, and this anime series has a cult following. It is deemed one of the best slice of life animes in history, in my opinion, and probably the majority of the community, for good reason. Because it's one of the first shows that, at the time, was super pretty, almost to a point where it kind of got weird because it was so pretty. Like the details and the hairstyles, and like the detail and the, specifically the characters' eyes, was like off the off the top. Like the some the quality in their eyes was better than in some other shows' entire character design. That's how good it was, and it still holds up today. Like, ah, they had some really talented people in Kyoani for that show. And it the show also gave birth to one of the most catchiest song ever, called Dango. And if you hum it, then it's one of those songs that people will join in because it's so recognizable. Now, without spoiling anything, this show also has a lot of relatable life situations that a typical human being might go through in their lives. I think one of the biggest story <clears throat> the Clanad has had going for me was the relationship between the main character and his dad, where I think his mom died and his dad was taking care of him and they're living just the two of them together. But the initial premise of the dad was it was just a deadbeat, that a typical salary man that did nothing but just watch TV after he got from work. And just relied on instant food as nourishment, so he didn't really wasn't the ideal dad to his son. But as the story progresses, you f- you actually found that find out how like what happened to his dad, and it's a grand realization that things are not what they seem to be. And like a life lesson that the sacrifices the parents go through for a child. And the efforts they need to, like the burdens they need to bear, in order to, you know, ensure a good future for their child, was one of the most tear-jerking moments in this anime. Now there are obviously other one, other scenarios that are really sad and really heart heartwarming per se, but I say actually check it out. It's worth checking out. Like it. I don't know. Maybe because like growing up, you're more. I mean, I guess especially going through puberty, you don't really understand emotions and like seeing these kind of shows, like they really have an impact on you. Because none of the other shows or things you watch, outside of anime, kind of evokes the same impact that it that it does. Now I'm not saying that. By any stretch of the imagination, that anime is like the be-all, end-all storytelling medium. Oh no, 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 no! I'm just saying at the time where my only exposure to 
like storytelling mediums were like Nickelodeon shows, um, books I was reading in school, like short stories. It was just a different take because they touched on subjects that, you know, SpongeBob would never would. So that's why alongside K-On for its music and lightheartedness, Planet was, if I had to describe it, an emotional roller coaster in a way. Because about a show about a bunch of high school kids again or middle school, some of the topics they kind of touch up on are really kind of heavy per se. Like it can be overly dramatic at times, but something about like is this something that like a middle school or high school kids go through? Like and kind of gives like oh, again like the weird ideas like wow people have in Japan got a rough kind of thing, but that might be just me. Um, you know, like nostalgia wise, like it's hard to remember every single detail, but I assure you that if you have remote, if you have like interest in anime and want to check out things that are not the mainstream, I highly recommend Clanad as one of the must watches. Like Kaon is more like lightheartedness. You can just watch, you know, as like a, I guess, guilty pleasure thing. But Clanad is an experience for sure. Um, wow. So after that, a bunch of different shows came out. So I guess the next one would be, I say Hyoka. This is a super niche one because not a lot of people know about it and not a lot of people liked it. But I would say this has to be one of my favorite animes, period, in terms of visuals and storytelling. And it had a main character which I can super relate with because the main character, Oriki, was is a super introvert and doesn't like engaging with other people and quote unquote would rather save the energy for to use in other other like activities. And him being included into his uh, school's literature club by his sister forcibly he meets the main protagonist well the female protagonist Chitanda and they go and solve mysteries albeit still to like a real life level where like like it's like it starts out really really basic like oh this door is locked but it can be locked from the outside but I was in the room the whole time so who locked it that kind of stuff like it's really basic if you think about it and they kind of dress it up in a way it's kind of like a CSI episode but in reality it's only like oh it was a janitor what do you do but did how can you use the visuals to enhance their storytelling I think it's what got me sold and obviously I'm like a sucker for really you know pretty things and character design so Progressively, Kyoani stuff, I think, gets better and better. I mean, you can argue that all Kyoani stuff looks the same nowadays, but at the time when Hyoka came out, like the first episode, there's a specific scene where they dive into the surreal where 
Oraki sees Chitanda's curiosity depicted in a forest of things. Like, stuff like that. Like, it's really hard to explain in words. Like, you really gotta go watch it. Like, I'm not trying to advocate, like, oh, you have to watch the shows, like, to boost any sales, blah, 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 blah. Like, if you like pretty visuals in storytelling mediums, then this has to be also up on your list. Like, just go watch any any shows. They're, like, visually breathtaking. But personally, Hyoka did a lot for me because A, pretty visuals, B, pretty characters, C, the way to kind of explain these specific like mysteries that get it got me engaged throughout to actually find out like okay what's the actual answer and like all good um mystery shows the answer is not as obvious as it is like the first time like no presented to you like bluntly there's actually like some thinking involved as to you know who's the culprit how did they do it and what What's the actual, like, you know, the answer to the problem? <laughs> but none of this, all of this, like, if you tell me if to recommend one show out of everything just to watch, it has to be the Violet Evergarden show, which is Netflix exclusive. And this is the one show... I literally binge watched the entire show in one sitting. I couldn't stop. This that's how good it was for me. I literally told my friends who are not anime watchers or their only exposure to anime is Seven Deadly Sins. I non-jokingly told them I will pay you guys to watch the show. Like, I, I would pay someone to go to the movies to watch a movie with me. Or something like that. I wanted them to watch this so bad. But it's hard because none of my friends are into anime. Some of them, you know, despise it to a point where... It's really hard for me to share or talk about these things if... The people I'm explaining to is not as fond of it and i feel bad at the same time because the these works are amazing and i want other people to experience them and i guess that's the point of this podcast too like i want people to remember kyoani for their works like i don't care if people would say like all oh, the all the shows, all the characters are the same, or KyoAni is like slowly dipping into like the weird works, where if you compare it to the original works, their recent works have kind of had a falling out, and like more catering to the, you know, big-breasted like fan service fanfare works. But I mean, if you look over, if you look at it as a whole. I think Kill Any Works kind of shows the power that this medium has in terms of storytelling and visuals where you can't really just knock it off as oh, it's just an otaku thing. Oh, it's just like what nerds watch. And I think Violet Evergarden is a good example of what that like entails. It's a 13-episode show. 
um, it's kind of episodic where each episode sometimes uh, goes over one to two, one to two episodes where each arc per se depicts a different story that uh, the main character Violet goes through in her, I would say, pilgrimage kind of thing, as to discover what love is. As she is, uh, she grew up as a weapon for war. Specifically used for killing, so she has been devoid of emotions, and only told to follow orders and take out a target. Now, after she meets her colonel, and after a, um, I per se like a life-changing experience for her that makes her come back to the world where the war is over, and kind of readjust to the peaceful times. As a memory doll, who types out letters for people, is really an amazing story to see. And I'm saying this, I'm not saying this is original. Stories about war veterans or people from war trying to readjust to the normal life has been done before. But again, the visuals of this show. Is I would call it of insane quality. I have never seen any show, any anime show that's not a movie, which obviously involves more production work, to be this pretty. I've never ever seen anything like this in my life. Some of the show, like the episodes. In Violet Evergarden, in the thirteen episodes, um, specifically, um, there's a I think episode nine, where it involves a little girl, Carl Anne, and I I don't, don't want to spoil it, but some of these episodes, like Clanet did, are literally tear jerkers. Some of them could be plot lines for an actual movie. If they wanted to drag it out, I have never have been affected so much by an anime as I did with Violet Evergarden. That's how much I liked it. Like this is again like it might be me just gushing, but but the fact that a show made by people can be beautiful as it is. Like the way they portray their story was just unheard of for me, because like it was kind of a a point. It's like anime has come this far in terms of storytelling and visuals. It's no longer about you know who can make the flashiest battle scenes or who can have the most you know. Revealing titties on screen. It was more towards. It has reached a point where you can actually portray and evoke honest human emotions from its visuals and storytelling. That's what I. That's what I think Violet Evergarden is, and it's only thirteen episodes. I I think I'm just ranting because, you know, my friends, 
that refuse to see it. But I think they're really missing out. And what saddens me more is like things will never be the same again. Like all the things I experienced, say if they want to bring the franchise back again for some reason, they might not be able to because all the RLD archives are gone. Like I don't know how what the 34 people, what teams they're a part of. And even if they do continue, it's not going to be the same because the talent behind it is they're they're gone. They're not there anymore. You can get people to imitate their style, but obviously not going to be the same, right? They're they're not there anymore. And that saddens me that they won't be around. Well, I'm pretty sure people, they know that people love their work, but that they won't be, they're not there anymore to actually just keep on receiving the praise that they deserve for the works they created. I think that's the most saddest part. For, from an audience spec, uh, like my perspective, I mean, the obvious saddest part is like they're obviously passed away, but the fact that they will, they will never actually receive the praise that they deserve, I think is the most saddening thing. And that how people like me appreciate their works and how much it impacted, um, you know, people over the years. Like, I bet you some people literally started learning guitar or piano or bass or drum because they watched Keon. There's a piano piece by Eric Satie in Disappearance of Hari Suzumiya called Gymnopedia Number 1 that plays as, like, the title song. I literally took myself to learn that song, and I don't even know how to play piano. Just to read it, just to play that song or just be able to play that song on my own. Um, he became Sound Euphonium. Again, another um, high school band story. This one about the concert band, which I was a part of. And I can also relate to, you know, things that happen in a concert band and people's desires to be their best to win a tournament, which I also went to. I honestly don't, I, I don't know how to wrap this up. Like, um, like, seems like I'm, I'm glad that a lot of anti-tubers are creating their own tribute videos on YouTube of how like different thing, different like works have affected them. And I'm glad that digital mediums are preserved forever so we can always look back and look at the things we lost and kind of remember that how good we had when you know like dumb things like this like arsons didn't happen
I think that one of the best ways of preserving or the best thing we can do for people that passed away is not necessarily money, but I think the act of remembering them and keeping their memories alive, I think is the best way you can do for people that passed away. As an outsider, obviously. Um, by continuing the discourse of what QAnon did for the world and anime fans, we can also um, remember the people that worked on it. And I heard that QAnon was one of the more, no, a friendly corporate structure where they treated their employees really well. And they had a lot of female employees too, apparently. I I mean Kyoani's not dead. <laughs> they're not they're obviously going to continue, but uh, like every time they release a show, obviously it's going to stick out on people's minds that of this incident, so I know it's a it's a really hard pill to swallow. Mm. I mean, it's one of those things that might not even affect us as much, but for the time being, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are still saddened by what's happened. But in positivity, I hope that people actually do take this chance to check out their works. Um, Clanad, Kaon, Violet Evergarden, Hyoka. Um, I recently bought the the Silent Voice movie on Amazon. I actually knew about the show through the manga, and I heard that Kyoani was, well, they worked on the theatrical release, and unfortunately didn't get as much exposure because they released it alongside Your Name, which is another mainstream movie, but something you know, actually deserves because it's a great movie, apparently. I didn't see it yet. But, you know, Silent Voice is also a great adaptation. And KyoAni being the master of visuals and audio that they are, like they did the manga justice, and the theatrical release is great. And I'm glad I was able to just, not just, um, just watch it on Netflix, I'll actually buy it so I can actually preserve it. So hopefully, maybe I can show it to my children in the future or some shit. I don't know. Fuck. Hmm. I don't know. It makes me happy just to remind myself of the, like the memories that each show has given me. And I guess like sometimes some hardships I had to go through. And it was just there for me, I guess. Um, I, I had an awkward upbringing. I guess like some of those kids I turned to anime or other like video games to help them cope with stuff. And yeah, anime was one of them for me. I mean, some people might see that as like weird or oh, grown men liking anime kind of stuff. But, you know, in times of need, they were there for me and you weren't so... What do I care what you think? But I do sincerely hope that people do check out these shows. And hopefully next time 
when they talk about Kyoani, it won't be because of their victims of an arson incident, but more so because people have enjoyed their works around the world to be recognized as one of the best animation studios in Japan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry for. Why, why am I sorry? Thank you for listening to me on this. I guess really inco- incoherent nostalgia trip. I hope I was hoping it would be more cheerful in a way, but I'm just feeling more down because feel so sorry for the victims and all. And not one of the worst feelings ever is because is that. When people die and you don't let them know that you're thankful for them, it's like the worst. And yeah, that's one of life's lessons: be thankful and actually let them let the people know who mean a lot to you in your lives. Like tell them that you appreciate them. I mean, this is kind of weird because I don't actually know anybody in Kyoto, but I actually appreciate you know their work. In creating these pieces that affect so many people's lives, and yeah, it was one of those like you don't know what's good until they're gone. So another life lesson for you: if you do care about something, let them know, and let them know you appreciate them every day if you can. Um, we will be back with our regular schedule, hopefully in August, because we're still in freaking news drought. And hopefully, we can, me and Darren and I can find something to talk about in the coming weeks. We're actually going to reach achieve double digit numbers. And the next episode is going to be episode number ten. Um, hopefully, we can continue the trend going. I've been super lazy about you know doing podcasts on a timely basis, but. You know, real life beckons, but I'll still find the time and the effort to release at least one episode per week, whether it be a you know the typical podcast with Darren and I, or solo ramblings like this. Um, to those who always check out my work, I thank you very much, um, and we will see you next week on the podcast, and we will also. Darren and I are planning to stream together and by solo, so we'll have more information in that for the coming weeks.、Uh, thank you for listening, viewers, and goodbye. Wait, did I say viewers? I mean listeners. God damn it, I'm an idiot.